mercy in time of need. Lord, I'd like to honor you and to thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for what you've done, rather what you need to do. We thank you and we are grateful for the work you've done in our lives. Thank you. Your grace is sufficient for us. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name here today, Lord. We worship you for who you are, not what you can give. We love you. I pray that our hearts are receptive to you, Lord, to receive from you and to be full in you alone. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're here. Pray you strengthen every person here today so that they may fight the good fight of faith. Strengthen them, Lord, and fill them up with the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We are not winners when we die. We are winners now. And we thank you for the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the victory, Lord. We have the victory right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For publicly he triumphed over Satan by the blood. We have the victory. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We thank you that we are not defeated. We have the victory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For greater is the one who's in us than the one who's in the world. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is living in us. Thank you, Lord, that we have the victory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We speak to every mountain that is preventing us from moving forward or that is causing delay in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we declare that we have the victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Every mountain, bow in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bow. Bow under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, because you give us the victory. Spirit, bless these words, and I thank you that we are more than conquerors for the one who loved us and gave his life up for us. We are more than conquerors, more than that, because the one who gave his life for us as a ransom. Thank you, Jesus. You are the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords. Today, we lift your name and we bow to your name because it is the meaning of life. Thank you, Jesus, that we are full on you alone. May we, may we be full today, not by words, but in our spirit. Thank you, Lord. I pray for every person to witness the breakthrough of the Lord Jesus today. Over their fears, over their defeats, 
over their struggles in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare Jesus Christ the King of all kings. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. we all today we are good we are good amen God is good even in the storm <laughs> even in the wilderness God is good who's ready for today I've been preaching for an hour before that, an hour and a half before that. Do you expect anything less? <laughs> it's beautiful to be in the presence of God, amen? <clears throat> Today's an interesting topic. I think today you will see much clearer regarding sin. Who wants to see much clearer regarding sin? Who wants to know what they're actually dealing with? Man. Did anyone give me a did anyone buy me a Kevlar armor jacket or something like that? <laughs> Today I'm gonna share something about myself, what the Holy Spirit said to me. Who wants to hear? Everyone, of course, wants to hear. <laughs> so, this is very dear to my heart, this teaching. It, this teaching was unlocked through a dream, but it was regarding myself. And I, it's a very sensitive one. But I know the Holy Spirit has to work within my heart and with everyone's heart to get to the true destiny of God. You will look at sin differently today and you will be able to diagnose yourself what the real problem you're dealing with. Are we ready? Are we ready? Okay. <clears throat> so this teaching will be written, um, the notes Anton posted on our page. This is something, you've got seats, is that right? This teaching is to be taken back home and really needs uh, to be digested a second time.
<clears throat> I don't know how long ago it was, but I was on a fast. I was on a fast. I was fasting. And it's probably on the fourth day of my fast. I got taken into a dream. I got taken into a dream. And there was a tree. There was a tree with fruits on it. And <coughs> someone gave me a fruit to eat. And I ate from that fruit. I ate. But I was fasting in real life. And I was eating. I ate that fruit. And the person who was looking at me was evil. And I knew that I ate something that was forbidden by the Lord. And I woke up in shock because I actually thought that I broke my fast. And I woke up thinking, thank the Lord I didn't break my fast. And I was like pretty relieved. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment. And do you know what he said to me? He said to me, you're still eating from the fruit of the enemy. So imagine hearing that. And I like to share these experiences because it's, there's no point always sharing the good things. You've got to hear the things that the Lord also speaks. The Holy Spirit said, you're still eating from the fruit of the enemy. And I thought to myself, I understand what that means. So I started to do a bit of digging. I started to do a bit of digging regarding what is the fruit of the enemy. And today I'm going to present it to you. You ready? So this teaching, this teaching, you have to be very true and honest to yourself. Okay? Don't get uncomfortable yet, yeah, I haven't started. <laughs> this teaching, you have to be very genuine and honest with yourself. That's all I ask. Don't look to the left or don't look to the right, but look within you. Look within. Because my whole journey, and I like to share this from my heart, my whole journey is based around... Uh, being purified by the Lord, being true to Him. My whole journey is built around this, to be honest. And to hear that, it's good. Because there's another part of me that can be given over to the Lord. I don't look at it as a negative way that I've, been, that I've let down the Lord. I look, in it, I look at it in a way that there's another part of me that's going to be given over to the Lord. Because He knows everything already. He's just making it known to me. So, something that the Holy Spirit changed in my heart regarding honest criticism by the Holy Spirit is that anything that He speaks is not to be taken in a negative way. And the Holy Spirit said to me from many years ago that anything that you take in a ne negative way shows me that you don't want to change. Just think about that. Anything that you take with a negative way from the Holy Spirit shows one major response that you don't want to change that way. Anything that's welcome with open arms shows the Lord that you actually want to change. 
And the Bible says that we are moving from glory to glory. How do you move from glory to glory? Another scale of this world falls off you. Right? So we're on a beautiful journey. So let's have a look here. When I started to do a bit of digging, because the Holy Spirit showed me I'm still eating from the fruit of the enemy, and there are issues in my life that I'm dealing with from since I began to now. And yes, it's gotten better. Yes, it has. By the grace of God, it's gotten better. But every single year, there's a part of me that's given over to the gospel. There's a part of me that is selfish. There's a part of me that is still part of this world. And it's good to be honest and genuine because if the Lord can fix it there and there, we won't be able to handle it. He works with us little by little. I've done a whole series about that. So pay attention here. The Holy Spirit blessed me with this teaching. So who hates sin here? Yeah? We are in a war, right? So let's look at the real problem. So when I saw that fruit, I thought to myself, yes, the enemy gave it to me. But he gave me a fruit. Okay? So there's something still growing in me that he wants to deal with. So are we ready? Sins, sins is plural. Let me just read it for you. I've written it all down. Sin means it's plural. Refers to the evil deeds that men or women do. Okay, that's sins. Okay, pay attention please. Sin, without the S, is singular. Sin means the fallen nature in men or in women. So sins are the acts or the fruits of it. Sin, without the S, is the fallen nature of our flesh. J just think about this now. Just think about it now. Begin to speak in your mind. Sins are the evil actions. Sin is the evil nature. Sins is what we have done. Sin is what we are. So by that teaching, I had to dig deep. And it's good to dig deep. But let me, let me go back, please. Sins is what we have done. Sin is what we are. So what you are turns into sins with an S. But what you're really dealing with is not the sin. You're dealing with your evil nature. That's where, deeply seated in where? Your heart. Sins are a manifestation of sin. So when you sins, when you continuously sin, it's a manifestation of the evil nature in your heart. Now, I'm going to keep going. Pay attention, please, everyone. I don't think it's a good time for coffee now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 
I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. But please, this teaching will bless you because the Holy Spirit's pinpointing now deeply into you. Now, you're going to be blessed by this because you're not going to be uh, confused regarding what's actually happening in you. You're going to diagnose the problem. Okay? Now, sin is what we are. So when you, when you sin, plural, when you sin, plural, it's a manifestation of the sin within the evil nature of your heart. Sins are the bad fruit of a bad tree. Sin is the root of that bad tree. Say it again for you. Sins are the fruit of a bad tree. That's what, that's what I got given in the dream, remember? I got given the fruit. But that's not the issue. The issue is deep down. Sin is the root of that bad tree. So the Holy Spirit showing me now, you're trying to deal with the fruit, but the real issue is because of the root in your heart. Are, are we listening, someone? We get that, right? Sins, sins, plural, can be forgiven. Sin in, our, in, in the evil nature of our heart has to be condemned. God doesn't forgive sin. It has to be put to death. Sin has to be put to death in your life. Sins can be forgiven. Sin is never forgiven in the Bible. That has to be put to death. Just think about that. Because how can Christ forgive the evil nature? No, he came to destroy the works of the devil. So pay attention now, this is a bit, we're getting closer now. So sin is to be condemned in our lives where sins are forgiven. Now isn't it interesting when God starts to deal with your heart, does he deal with the sins of your life or does he deal with the sin, the evil nature of your heart? So when I was fasting, the Bible says to rend your heart and not your garment. God is wanting to deal with my heart, not with the fruit of my heart. He wants to deal with my heart. And the Bible says, rend your heart, not your garment. The, your garment is symbolic of your emotional status. The heart is symbolic of where everything is placed. We worship God with what? On the heart. The Bible says to rend your heart and not your garment. Don't come to me emotionally. Come to me with your heart open. To rend your heart means to rip your heart open so I can work on it. Quickly go to Romans 4, 7. Are we getting this, someone? So imagine you saying, Lord, forgive my sins every single day and you never get to the root of the tree which is the evil nature of your heart. Just think about that. 
Now, by the grace of God, he, give, he gave me this teaching to free the people, to free us. But to also allow us to be discerning what we're actually dealing with. Because if he forgives you, it doesn't make you innocent of what's in your heart. Can you think about that, someone? If the Lord forgives you from your sins, which he will, he will forgive that particular action or that transgression, but it doesn't mean that you're freed from that evil nature. That evil nature has to be put to death in your life. So, so hello somebody. How can you put to death something you can't see? That's the problem with the church today. They don't know what they're fighting with. So today I will show you, by God's grace, through the scriptures, what you're actually dealing with. That connects 1,000 sins there, that connects another 1,000 sins here, that connects another 1,000 sins here, that connects another 1,000 sins there. But it's, there's a root. There's a root in each one of them. Wouldn't you like to know what you're actually dealing with inside of you? Because the evil nature is a broad statement, right? Wouldn't you want to know what you're actually dealing with? Because some people leave the path of Christ because of sin. Right? Read the whole book of Hebrews. It tells you when the Lord starts to discipline you, don't harden your hearts. It's all regarding sin. Most people think it's too hard. Oh, I love the Lord and that's as far as I go. God didn't call you for that. He called you to be free from sin to walk in the nature of the Spirit. Right? So Romans 4, 7. It says here, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. So this is, a, this is plural now, showing us that whatever we commit, we can be forgiven by the Lord for it. But it doesn't free you from the evil nature that's within you. Because guess what happens? The next week you do the same thing. I had many fights with people regarding this. Many battles. Many battles. Is it possible to reach a place where you're not feeding the evil nature of your heart? That's the whole reason why Jesus died. That's why he died. Not to forgive you, but to, re to transform that evil nature into God's nature. That's why he actually died. Because the Bible says the ones who walk by the Spirit, they will not gratify the desires of the flesh. He died to release you from that disease. I had many battles with people. And you know what's good? What's good is, I know the truth. Doesn't matter how hard my journey got, I knew what God wanted from me. When some people go through certain battles, they think, you know what, I tried, but there's no way you can reach that place. And that's a lie. You can. As long as the standard of God in your life does not move. We are all climbing towards that standard. But that is the true standard of God. Let's go to Romans 8.3, please. You even read the scriptures differently now. Because the sin 
singular and the sins plural. You actually read all the epistles differently now. And you say, well, one is evil nature, one is talking about mercy and forgiveness. You think, well, I understand. So Romans 8.3 What did Jesus come to die for? Your sins plural or the evil nature? Yeah, look. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God did by sending his own son in the likeness of the sinful flesh on account of sin. That's talking about your evil nature. He condemned sin in the flesh. So for us in our life, what are we to do? Through the empowerment of Jesus Christ at his sacrifice and his death, what, are, what do we have the privilege of doing? To condemn the flesh. Isn't that interesting? that a lot of people in Christianity have learned to be forgiven but they've struggled to put to death their sinful nature. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? So when I was fasting, fasting is designed to put, the, to, put to death your evil nature. You know that? You can't pour new wine into old wineskin. So I'm fasting to, put, to subject to subject the, the evil nature to death. But Jesus came and corrected me. Because he showed I'm trying to deal with the fruit, not the heart. Because where does it all stem from? Guard your heart. Everything you do. So, so guess what? When I commit sins, plural, I'm doing it from the evil nature in my heart. Yeah. And under the New Testament now, anything that you do is willful. So you're doing it willfully from your heart. So, sins can be forgiven. Sin is to be put to death. What are you actually dealing with? That's the problem. This is, this is not the main teaching, this is just the... Yes, entree. <laughs> this is not what we're really actually dealing with. Diagnosing what you're actually functioning is more deeper. Let's have a look. Now, now this is what I wrote. I like to, I took my time to write this. When, so I wrote it down when the Holy Spirit woke me up. And he said, you're trying to deal with the fruit of sin where I'm trying to deal with the root of the tree. If you don't deal with the root of the tree, the fruit will continue to produce sins. Sin is cleansed. Sins are forgiven. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. We'll quickly go through this, and then we'll get into the meat. Into the meat. What the real problem is. So this is the message which we have heard from 
and de- from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is, the, he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, evil nature, not sin, it's a plural. He's talking about our evil nature now. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, can we go up, please? Can we go up again? Now, what deals with our evil nature? There's only one answer. It's through the blood of Christ. So let's say, let's say, let's say you're dealing with lust. I speak openly, I don't, I don't mind. Let's say you're dealing with lust here. The greatest deception is to believe that I'm not going to go on social media. This is what I get. People come to me every single couple of days with. I cancelled my Instagram account. There's wisdom behind that. I cancelled my Facebook. I threw my television outside. <laughs> Listen, I was one of them. <laughs> I, don't go f- I don't go to places where I can look and my eyes can get enticed. That, that's, all, that's all good. But if you don't consult Jesus Christ and allow his blood to wash you and cleanse you from this evil nature, you'll just keep doing it again. You know, in, the, in the, the New Testament church, just straight after the Acts of the Apostles, you know the people ran away into the desert because they didn't know how to deal with sin? They thought if they locked themselves up in the mountains... You know the evil spirits, I read, I read something, an evil spirit dressed as a woman came to them in their sleep and was sleeping with them. I, I'm just we're speaking here openly, I don't mind. But they were so sold out for the Lord, they thought if I just go to the mountains, lock myself up in the mountains, pray and fast and eat just a little just to get by, then I can live a life of purity. And that's not true. Because the evil nature within you hasn't been dealt with by the blood of Jesus. So they thought, if I can go to the mountains and, and, and be away from all the people, then I won't be enticed to sin. So the devil, unfortunately, because of the evil nature still living in them and not addressed by the blood of Christ, was coming in their sleep and sleeping with them. You believe that, right? So all the people here that come to me and they tell me, you know, like I, I, I took off social media. I don't watch movies anymore. I don't go on whatever, I don't know what they're called. You're deceiving yourself. You know why? Because you haven't come to terms that you have an issue called lust. That's the issue. A lot of people think, you know, if I don't look at it, then I don't have it. But they don't understand the evil nature within them, causing them to do that. We get that, right? So let's say someone, 
So I spoke something to the guys, I'll speak something to the girls. Let's say the girls have a shopping problem. Yes, I know we'll take it easy. Uh, I said don't look to left or right, remember? <laughs> so let's say you go uh, Black Friday is Black Friday? <laughs> so let's say so let's say so let's say let's say uh, women in general, not pinpointing anyone here. Women in general, um, they like shopping, so they think I'll stay away from all those sites that sell good stuff. I'll stay away from all those sites that have good stuff. But deep within you, there's an evil nature that's still connected to the world. You'll stay away for a period of time, but you'll go back. Doesn't matter how you look at it, that's sin in general. And the issue with a lot of people today, they're trying to deal with everything without the blood of Christ that is a spiritual covenant that ties us with God and a lot of people here a lot of people think you know I'll avoid I'll avoid or I'll hide what's in me conceal it thinking it will just go away no the Bible says that it's, it's to be brought to the light That's the issue that the Christianity have today. Because the Bible tells us that we are everything exposed by the light. Yeah? Everything that is exposed is exposed because of the light. So we are to expose these things. Now the teaching hasn't started. This is still, I'm just giving you the analogy. Right? So let's say I'm going to keep away from these things, but the evil nature within you is still crying for it. It wants it. Right? Right? Imagine you thinking, you know, I'm going to stay away from these particular things that I'm fighting with in my life. But inside, you're still begging for it. God sees your heart. God knows your heart. And that's what a lot of people are doing now. They're trying to, not doing something in the physical where God weighs the heart. God's wanting to deal with the heart. And when I saw that dream, it gave me uh, the desire to dig deeper, to understand why, why do I do what I do? Why do I actually do it? And I started to dig deep because of the evil nature within me. So I started to think, why, why do I do what I do? Why am I that person? What am I actually dealing with? Am I dealing with the result of the sin? Or am I dealing with the evil nature within my heart? And I started to understand, I'm doing this from my heart. Whatever, whenever I commit sins, plural, I'm doing it because the evil nature within my heart. So I stopped. I stopped going to the Lord, forgive me Lord, forgive me Lord. I started to say, I declare this dead in my life. Lord, I know now what I'm dealing with. I bring this to you by your blood, you wash me Lord. Because his blood is designed to actually wash you. But so many people, 
should I say cowards? They're, they're cowards not to speak the truth of what they're actually dealing with. They're actually scared. Maybe be pride. They're scared to actually diagnose the real problem. That's what it is. It is true. It is true. People are scared to actually... Uh, people are actually scared to actually diagnose themselves with the truth. Now, you just want to hear something interesting. Yeah, you just want to hear? So... I'm fellowshipping with a guy and he had a dream of me. He had a dream of me that I went into his room. That I went into his room in his house. And I went into the house. I went into his house and I said, There's a demon, there's a demon underneath that garbage bin. And and his he, he him hearing that in the dream, he went to that garbage bin and he's trying to He's trying to pull the garbage bin to see the demon. And he's telling me the dream. I was so angry, I'm trying to rip this bin and trying to see what the demon is. And I said, this guy doesn't actually get it. And I said, bro, can I tell you what it means? The Holy Spirit's showing you that that demon is there because of the garbage in your heart. And yeah, it's interesting. And the demon doesn't leave until you ask the Lord through his blood to come inside and to deal with this garbage. Because that's how the Lord, that's, the, that's how the Lord actually deals with it. And he goes, ah, yeah, yeah. And I said, it's okay, bro. And he goes, you know what, I'll stay away from all these things because the, the discussion before that was to stay away from all these things. And, you know, I, I closed my Facebook, I closed my Instagram, I closed my TikTok, I don't know the other ones, but I closed them all. I actually don't know. I closed them all, I'll close them all, and that's it, you know. Um, I, I don't want to look with my eye, I don't want to see anything. And I said, the Holy Spirit showing the demons there because of the garbage in your heart. And he couldn't lift the bin from the ground. It was stuck on the ground for a purpose. And the Holy Spirit said, Showed him that dream, but I was in the dream with him. Go back to this man, and he will show you what it actually means. And that's what accountability is. A true accountability is to actually wash your heart. So when someone comes, when someone comes to connect with me in their spiritual journey, one of my responsibilities by the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, is to allow people's hearts to get washed. So there is a loss with no accountability. You will struggle to get your heart washed. And uh, it's the truth, it's biblical. And the man understood that there was garbage in his heart. The Holy Spirit wants to free him from all the bondage that the enemy has him tied. And he was too prideful to think what's making him sin is the Instagram, what's making him sin is the Facebook, what's making him sin is the people. And someone would think, I have a lust problem. So, you, you, you know, I, I have a lust problem in my heart. You know how it sounds with single people? I'll get married. That will fix my problem. And I zipped my mouth. I heard and I zipped my mouth until the Holy Spirit brought it to the light.
Because some I think they quote me as poor scripture. You know, if you can't hold yourself, get married. And there is wisdom in that also. But but the danger is to think that marriage can heal lust, you're deceived. And the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And I said, bro, can I just be real with you? I had an issue, I had many issues in my life. You have a problem, bro. Stop beating around the bush. And he said, yeah, I know. I said, start working with what you're actually dealing with. TikTok's not your problem, it's your heart, bro. And he got it. And we're not there to laugh at people or look down at people. But that's what Christianity is like. They struggle to diagnose what they're actually dealing with. And it's sad. Because the enemy stays. And you keep going to the Lord to forgive your sins, which he does. But the evil nature remains and you're a slave to sin. True? But that was a powerful dream. It was last week. And he said, I'm trying to pull out that bin and I couldn't. Then I called you and you were just smiling at me in the dream. I was just sitting back studying. I was on the computer studying, writing about the Lord. And you were just smiling at me. And you wouldn't come to me when I called you. <laughs> That's what I actually do. <laughs> That's what I actually do. Because when you're dealing with this, it requires an honest heart. Because don't you want to be free from this? You want to be free from this, right? But it requires you to be honest with yourself. Now imagine blaming sin on something that's external. Yeah, you've sinned already. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. From Romans chapter 6 verse 12 to 14. Sin is the evil nature that produces passion for sin or evil action. So let's have a read. I haven't started my message yet. I actually haven't. I'm just taking this very slowly. It doesn't matter how long I take. I'm going to take it very slowly. So look what it says here. Now we're talking about what? Evil nature. We're talking about the fallen nature. Look what it says here. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, body that you should obey in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So you begin to see here. Is there one more script? One more verse? Yeah, one more. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. So what is the true grace of God? You know what the true grace of God is? Righteous living. Honestly, when I used to hear people preach about the grace of God, my heart used to tremble. You know why? Because so many people have taken advantage 
of the grace of God. And that's the truth. And I'm telling you now, I don't care if this hall is half empty or there's 10 people. I actually don't care. You know why so many people have taken advantage of what the true grace of God actually means. So the Bible tells you that the grace of God has appeared. Who is that person? It teaches us to deny all ungodliness. So you begin to see the bigger picture. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3, verse 10. This is John the Baptist. I've done a series of John the Baptist now. But look what he says here. The axe is now at the root now. Look what God wants to deal with now. He says, and even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Why the root of the tree? Because once you deal with the root, those fruits will not grow anymore. They will not grow anymore. So where does God, what does God have to deal with regarding sin, evil nature? He has to go to the root. Can I tell you something? Are you going to the root? Or you don't know what you're actually dealing with? And even now, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. So we're talking about a tree here now. Yes, are we ready? Because someone gave me a fruit and I ate it. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. That's judgment. That's not a good fire. So why Jesus died on the cross? What did he really want from your life? What did Jesus really want from your life when he died on the cross? He wanted your evil nature to be dealt with. So you do not continuously feed sins, plural. He didn't die for you just every day to obey its passions and be a slave to sin, then ask for forgiveness. He died for you to give you a new nature within your heart. And so many people are trying to fight sin in their own strength. The blood deals with the evil nature. The blood also deals with the forgiveness of sin. But the greater work is the death of sin rather than the forgiveness. Are we listening? Are we ready now? Now the teaching begins. So like I said, when I feel like I need to stop, I'll stop. But are you ready for this teaching? Now there are four trees that hangs all the fruits of sin on it. Do you want to hear? Four trees only. That allow someone to do what they do all their life. Are we ready? The first root that we're going to remember. Does anyone have an axe here? Not to hurt me, please. I just want to give you an example. So the first root, are we ready? probably the biggest one. The first root that we are called to deal with, are we ready? It's called the root of bitterness. What does the Bible say? Be careful, lest any what? Root of bitterness grows up, defiling the grace of God. Why does it say root? Because you're dealing with the tree now. You're going to the root of why that follows, all the things of bitterness follows after that.
Second one. What does the Bible say? The love of money is the what? Root of all evil. So now you begin to diagnose yourself of what you're... Please be comfortable today. Be comfortable. <laughs> be comfortable today. Number one, the root of bitterness. We're talking about a tree here that produces so much fruit. So bitterness produces so much sins, plural. But you, the real issue is that you have a bitter heart. Don't say that to me. That's how I operate with people and they say, no, no. It's, you know, just... When you see it, you can't unsee it. Number two, the love of money is the root of all evil. All evil. Not some, all of it. And I'm going to share a treasure next week of what the Lord shared with me regarding the love of money. So the root of business, number one. Number two, the root of the love of money. Number three, ready? The root of hypocrisy. Number four, probably the number one and number four is probably the biggest ones regarding the body of Christ here. Number four, the root of unbelief. They're the four trees that holds all sin together in a person's life. Now you're going to begin to see which one am I? Then you can begin to take that to the Lord. Amen. Please, no one be sad, you should be happy. <laughs> you right, Nathan? <laughs> Isn't it interesting that Christians are good at trying to snip off the fruits, but the tree keeps on growing? And pride will not own up what you're actually really dealing with. Pride. Pride's a major issue. So isn't it interesting that the root of the love of money produces greed, envy, and not being content. The root of hypocrisy produces being superior, being a slanderer, fault finder, being a gossiper, being prideful. The root of unbelief carries many, many aspects. Doubt, worry, lack of faith, unstable fearful and a rebellious sinful nature you begin to see well I maybe tick three or four of them but it's okay as long as you can see it and you know the you know people say you know people people say this statement God will meet you where you are that's not true God is waiting for you to change he doesn't meet you where you are God is not slow in keeping his promises but wants everyone to come to repentance. God waits for you to change. He, he doesn't meet you where you are. He waits for you to change. Let's correct that false statement. Because if he meets you where you are, then he, you can stay like that then. Is that a bombshell, anyone? 
It is a bombshell. God doesn't meet you where you are. He waits for you to change. Sorry to burst your bubble, but it's the truth. God waits for you to change. His mercy allows you to be on borrowed time to change until he comes back. So, so does he meet you where you are? Because if he meets you where you are, then there's a possibility that you do not change. Is that right? Yeah, it is right. So God doesn't meet you where you are. He waits for you to change. And that's your free will that he will not touch. And a lot of people say it, and I've said it before. Holy Spirit corrected me. Thank you. He corrected me. I will not say that anymore. And I'm not here to get the words wrong and get caught up like this. But God doesn't meet you where you are. He's patient with you until you change. Because if he's to meet you where you are, then that sin of the evil nature, some people, some people overcome it, some people stay a slave to it. Right? Some people stay a slave to it. So if you don't change, yeah, God won't accept that. Anyways, that was a big bomb. But it's the truth. He's patient with you. You're on borrowed time until you change. That's why the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Work what out? Not now, not now. No. We're not. Not now. No dancing now. That's the root of unbelief, that one. <laughs> that one is the unbelief. <laughs> so think about that. He's... Think about that. <laughs> what I for. So he's waiting for you to change. He doesn't meet you where you are. Very dangerous theology. Because if you're working out your salvation with fear and trembling, then you are really looking at your area of your heart that needs to be addressed and dealt with with the Lord. And believe me, to think that God will meet you up gives you a license to remain in your situation. Doesn't matter how you look at it, but it's the truth. So the four roots, the root of bitterness, which I'm talking about today, the root of the love of money, the root of hypocrisy, and the root of unbelief. Unbelief is another very big one. So Hebrews 12.15, quickly. Now, such a powerful teaching. I can't tell you how many people are suffering from bitterness. I can't tell you. Until you look at it and see what you're actually really dealing with, you'll say, well, that's me. And I ticked this box, humbly saying, I did. Thank God I saw it. There's more glory in seeing it than overcoming it. Are we paying attention? 
There's more glory in seeing it than overcoming it. Because when you see it, you can really overcome it. So Hebrews 12.15. Look, I'm going to give another probably five minutes and I'm going to stop. It's, it's too much. It says here, looking carefully. Now, what's that require? The first statement means to look carefully. What's that require from your life? Discernment. And discernment means that you are righteously judging between good and evil. You can actually see if you're a victim to this. And believe me, 99.9% are a victim to bitterness. And I'm going to show you how it hides in the heart. So you can see the real issue inside. So it says here, looking carefully, lest anyone fall. Now, now pay attention here. Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled. Now this is one major root where Christianity has suffered from. And it's true, they have suffered so much from it. So I'm going to give you the description of it and then I'm going to stop. So bitterness comes from the Greek picara, picria, picria. Yeah, the word is picria. The term is not here today. So the Strong's is four zero eight eight, and you know what it defines as poison. Poison. Bitterness is poison to your heart. Whether you're drinking it and you don't want it, bitterness allows you to be poisoned. That's the meaning of it. It means you are poisoned. And it's so true. So it's a mixture. It's got two partners. Bitterness has two partners. Poison and being angry. You start to see where failure comes from, disappointment comes from. Rejection comes from, you start to see, say, well. Now, let's understand a bit of heart. Let's read this here. Bitterness is unresolved, unforgiven, anger and resentment. Now, I'll stop here with this phrase and that's it. Bitterness is the result of anger changing from an experience to a belief system. I'll repeat that again. Bitterness is the result of anger changing from an experience that you've had to a belief system that you have inherited. And as a result, the fruits of bitterness begin to settle deep within you. Do you want me to read that out or I'll finish there? Read it, of course. 
So just, just let's go back now. I'm going to teach you also how to get freed from it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So don't think that I'm happy now exposing it all. Now I'm going to actually teach you how to get out of it now. But I'm, I'm not going to go too quick. So bitterness is the result of anger changing from an experience to a belief system. Now are we ready? Yeah. Are we ready? The Bible says do not sleep angry. Yeah. Are you ready now? Because who do you give a footstool to? He comes with poison. Whether you like it or not. He comes with the poison. And you may think, I've done nothing wrong. Uh, they have to come to me. And your heart is getting poisoned day by day by him. And what, what does bitterness really cut from your life? The grace of God. So bitterness and anger are two partners. That's why the Bible says, do not sleep angry with your brother or sister. That's one bitter. That's one subject of bitterness because you give Satan a footstool into your heart. Now that's just a little section of bitterness. I haven't even spoke about this part here. So you begin to see. You begin to see the consequence of bitterness. And people today are living with bitterness for years. And they think why they are not under the grace of God. Why they are not free in the grace of God. Why are they not prospering in the grace of God. You begin to think bitterness is the reason. Bitterness is a massive tree stump. And it's conquered and it's defeated many Christians today. I'll say it openly. I was a victim of bitterness. And can I tell you something? It's a cancer. It cannot enjoy anything. Doesn't matter how much it has. So I want to take it slowly. I'll give you the descriptions of what, a bit, what bitterness feels like inside the heart. You just want to hear? Okay. So the... the so it is, it is the result of anger changing from an experience to a belief system. You start to have a belief system of bitterness. Now, this is what follows in the heart regarding bitterness. I'm going to read them and I'll stop. That's it. It always feels dissatisfied within the heart. This is regarding bitterness only. The root of being dissatisfied comes from bitterness. Always feels, always, it always has feelings of harshness within them and with others. Always harsh with people, in, with people around you and within your heart and regarding situations. Another big one, but this, but there's, there's different, um, this falls under the root of the love of money too. Always feeling discontent. Nothing is ever enough. Now, I took my time on this to get the perfect translations for bitterness. A big one here. 
always carrying a grudge from one person to another, from one situation to another. <laughs> so I watch people, every person, trouble, issues, they have a bitter heart. The people are not the problem. You're the problem. <laughs> it's true. The people are not the problem. They just expose the problem in you. This is a big one. This is the most hidden one of how bitterness hides in the heart. Are you ready? I was a victim of this one. Sorry, I was a victim of all of them. But, uh, but I'll say this one. Unfortunately, I wore it like a necklace. Always feeling sad, always feeling upset, always feeling sorrowful, and always feeling grieved from within my heart. That's what bitterness does. Another one. Bitterness always struggles to trust people. Always feels irritated from within them. A big one. Bitterness always and only sees the negative in everything and everybody. I, sh I wrestled with so many people in this place here. So many people in this place left this ministry because of a bitter heart. And I've done a thousand things for them. They can only remember the one negative thing that happened. That's a bitter heart. And let's all check our hearts, including myself. But I'm just telling you, the real issue is a bitter heart. So bitterness always and only sees the negative in everything and everybody. Now, we go a little bit deeper. Anxiety is a major cause of bitterness. Selfishness is a major cause of bitterness. And that's it. <laughs> I'm going to stop. I don't want to keep going because the, it won't give justice. There's so much meat in there where everyone will benefit. So we're cutting, down, we're cutting down tree trunks, remember? Yeah, so all those results falls under one tree. Bitter heart. And imagine everyone today trimming the fruit. Trimming the fruit. Lord, make me happy. Lord, make me trust people. Lord, why do I always see in the negative in people? You have a bitter heart. When you diagnose yourself with the problem, the Lord can heal you from it. But the issue is we're targeting the fruits more than the stump. And believe me, the fruit is the easiest thing to deal with because it's small. But when it comes to the stump, that requires your whole life to be checked before the Lord. Is that right? So I'm going to explore this teaching now. The Holy Spirit gave me this teaching now. I'm going to explore it with you. But I'm also going to give you, by the grace of God, it's interesting because from the scripture, each one is dealt differently with the Lord. They're not all the same. The Lord deals with each one differently. And I'm going to show you how to deal with one according to the scriptures. 
so you can actually be free. But imagine, imagine bitterness poisoning your life. And where strongholds come from? They come from bitterness. Where something that happened in your life, maybe it's not your fault, maybe it is your fault. You've took it on board and you've made it a reality to live from that realm. And I'm going to share with you in the scriptures the, the true meaning of what it means to fall short from the grace of God. It's hidden in the Old Testament of the powerful consequence of letting bitterness grow. Because the Bible says, be careful lest it grow. What's that mean? That every person deals with bitterness. The issue is if you let it grow. Everyone has issues with bitterness. Every one of us. Every one of us, unfortunately, goes through some negative things that would allow bitterness to grow up. The issue is people don't see it growing. And it destroys them when it's too late. Isn't that true? So someone may say, I never have joy in my life. The real issue is that you have bitterness. You're not lacking joy. You have a bitter heart that can never receive joy. You begin to see the bigger picture of why you're like that. And why do you do what you do? The Holy Spirit's wanting to go deeper now. And someone get a tree stump and an axe. Uh, next Wednesday so I can give a good analogy <laughs> to show you now the four trees you deal with them with the Lord you live a life of freedom in the Lord for the rest of your life Jesus wants you to be free he doesn't want you to be a slave to sin and how sad it is I've seen so many people tell me you can never overcome everything that boils me because Jesus' death was the ultimate sacrifice. He gave all himself. All himself for the evil nature to be disconnected from our life. And we can be free. Jesus paid that for us. That's our inheritance, is to be free. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice unto God. That's how we worship truly before the Lord. But the issue is, people don't see what, what they're really dealing with. Wait until you see the tree of unbelief. How many things are connected to unbelief will blow your mind. And you begin to see. I've known the Lord shallow. I want to go deeper now. And I actually want to be free to have true intimacy with Him. See, true intimacy with the Lord. If I didn't see that fruit from the tree, I wouldn't went here. I wouldn't have went here if I didn't see the fruit when they gave me the fruit, when the Holy Spirit told me that you're trying to deal with the fruit and not the root. I wouldn't have went here. So the Holy Spirit is in control. But from those tree stumps, each one of them, He wants to bring order in our lives. Do you want order? Because where there's order, there's rest. Where there is rest, you get to enjoy your journey with the Lord. And that's the truth, right? So let's pray.
So I want you to take your time in this teaching to go home and also reflect on your heart. Take your time. Don't rush this. Because this is the true work of the Lord. I'm telling you, when you deal with each root of the tree, warfare will cease in your life. All the warfare is ceased because those roots are still growing the same fruit. And then you witness the true freedom of the Lord. It's so true. Satan is not attracted to sins, plural. He is attracted to the evil nature that keeps you sinning. So don't think that if I stay away from a particular thing, my heart will change. No, you have to expose it and bring it to the Lord. But if you can't see what you're dealing with, what are you actually exposing? All you're asking for is forgiveness, not the change of heart. And I share with you, Jesus wants us to be free. Amen? Amen. He wants us to be free. But, so, but Christians today, they're shallow. They can't diagnose what they're actually dealing with. And it's interesting, in the Bible it talks about four roots that holds all the thousands of sins that people commit. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be effective. And can I say something else? The Holy Spirit wants us to have the full package. He doesn't want you to be strong in one area and weak in the other area. He wants you to be a person that has the full package of the Lord. He wants you to be effective. And it's the truth. So open your hands. Please take it slowly. I know things may be flared up today. Don't come to the front. I know things may be flared up today. That teaching, a lot of things flared in my heart. And every day it's the same for me. So take it slowly. Because yes, the Lord is giving you a way out of all your troubles. So we thank you, Lord Jesus. And we honor you in this place, Lord. Lord, I'd like to thank you for the teaching that you have given us. I'd like to thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us the true wisdom that comes from heaven. I honor you, Lord, and I bless you. And I thank you for the new, the, new, the new bread that's coming from heaven that allows us to move further and further towards you. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you give us the solution to see what's really in our hearts so we, we can escape everything that is of sin. Lord, give us a discernment that we can be sharp in how we address our hearts and our life. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. You died for the evil nature. And yes, you died to forgive us, but greater than that, you died for the evil nature to be cut off our lives. And I bless your name, Lord, and I thank you for the victory that we have. And yes, you're patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Help us, Lord by your spirit of grace, so we can achieve this. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name, and thank you for what you've done for us.
I pray you help every heart today to understand deeper and deeper how to overcome sin. And that is by your blood, Lord. We overcome Satan by your blood. And we declare that we have the covenant of the blood that is attached to our mind, attached to our hearts, and attached to our bodies. And we declare that over our lives today. We declare the blood of Jesus Christ over our lives. To make us holy, to make us righteous, and to live as Christ lived. We declare this over our lives, Lord, that there is nothing greater but to walk in your reflection. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.